0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. We hope it encourages you to live and love like Jesus. I don't typically wear a tie. And I want it noted that I made it until just before 3.30, before I undid the top button. Oh, man. But, just so you know, my mother was a Christmas fanatic. And I know that she's looking down on me and that if I didn't have a tie on, I would be in trouble. <laughs> I would be in big trouble. So I wear the, tr- the tie in memory of my mother. This is uh, a candle. Do each of you have a candle? If you don't have a candle, raise your hand I've got ladies in the back, men, they'll make sure everybody gets a candle. When we come to the time in the service for the candle lighting, the way to do this without pouring wax on your neighbor is to hold the lit candle and turn the unlit candle to the lid candle. Now, if you turn the lit candle to the unlit candle, you will pour wax in the lap. Okay, I think y'all got that, right? Okay, all right, good. When it comes to that time of the service, you'll know what's coming as we sing Silent Night. Let's pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. You know, the story of Jesus' birth never gets old we tell it again and again and again we tell it every christmas and several times each christmas and there is no other event no other event in human history that is as well known as the christmas nativity story joseph and mary the shepherds the angels the cry of the divine baby being born my my kids love to decorate the house and We would share in the decorating, we'd share putting the lights on the trees. I I know that now trees come with lights on them, but that used to, uh, boys and girls, you had to put the lights on them yourself, okay? And we put the decoration. The last thing we would do is we would set up the nativity scene. And the way we would do it is that each one of us would take one of the characters, and when we placed it there in the nativity scene, we would tell the story. The story of Joseph, the story of Mary, the story of the shepherds, the story of the wise men, the angel. Well, one year, my daughter had Jesus, and as she's putting Jesus in the manger, instead of telling Jesus' story, she just goes, wah, 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 And I said, what is that, Kaylee? And she said, Daddy, that's Jesus crying. Jesus was a baby, and he cried, didn't he? And we all kind of agreed, yes, he did. Jesus cried. God took the simple cries of the baby Jesus and turned them into something divine for every age. For we hear the cries of children. These bears will go to the children who are crying, that will need the comfort just of a something soft that they can hold in the presence of someone that is safe, that they can feel secure. God takes the cries of our lives in this season and turns them into hope and into promise, into something special. There is something about a cry that awakens our senses. When we hear a cry, we turn our heads. When we hear a cry, we wonder what the problem is. When we hear a cry, it grabs our attention. And so tonight, may the cry of the baby Jesus grab your attention. For there will be much to do tonight. Presents to exchange. Food to eat. Cookies to share. There will be preparations for Santa Claus next to the chimney. But don't forget to listen for the cry. For there is something about the cry of this child that makes a difference around the world, in every corner of the world. This cry inspires awe and wonder like no other time in the year. We're, we're celebrating, we're not celebrating, but we're experiencing the, the longest and darkest night of the year. And yet, this cry helps us to know that there is no light, night long enough to blot out the light of God. There is no night dark enough to extinguish the light of Jesus' birth. Tonight, we celebrate a child. Now, What's interesting about this child is that in the 4th century, which is about when we believe that Jesus was born, Caesar Augustus was the most powerful man in the world. Caesar Augustus was the one that caused Mary and Joseph to go to Bethlehem. He called for a census. Joseph was from Bethlehem, and so they had to travel there. It is said that when Caesar Augustus took over a, as Caesar, that Rome was made of bricks and when he left, it was made of marble. It is said that Caesar Augustus made Rome what it was as the centerpiece of the world in the first century. At his funeral, mourners would never be the same again for they believed that the world was on the way down with the death of Caesar that no one could replace him no one could stand in his place no one could rule as he had ruled no one could build the bridges and the roads and the aqueducts and the armies that he had built and yet I would guess that none of the children in this room can tell you who Caesar Augustus is oh okay we got a couple all right how about the adults? Fewer adults than kids. Thank you, children. Thank you so much. Hardly any of us know who Caesar Augustus is, but there is not one person in this room that doesn't know who Jesus is. I would guess that there are very few in this town that, do, that don't know who Jesus is, for this is the very reason for our Christmas celebration. We tell the story again and again and again, and we make the mistake when we look at history. For we believe that history was made in the in the um, in the throne rooms, in the government halls, on the battlefields, but no, history is made in the cradle. More people have been influenced by the name of Jesus than any other in the history of the world. There are about a billion people that will lift a candle this Christmas Eve to celebrate Jesus' birth. There is no other that can compare with the Jesus that we worship. The Jesus that we honor. The Jesus that we lift candles to. In a moment we can be changed if we only listen to the cry of the baby and the words of the man we call Jesus. We can make a difference in this world. The difference makers don't have to be the ones who have been elected nor crowned They don't have to be the ones who lead the armies. In fact, I would say to you that those who make a difference in this world are the most unknown of people. Those who are willing to gather up theirs for children who are hurting. Those who are willing to stop for a moment just to offer help to someone who is in need. Those who are willing to give their time and service to those who are having trouble making it from one day to the next. Those who are willing to hold the hand of one who is crushed and grieving. That's where the world is changed. That's where the world is changed. And we can be world changers in this place. Paul was such a man. Or at least... He would be. Paul had had a busy uh, Christmas season and successful. He was a part of a family business. His brother was the president of the company, and he was the chief uh, sales director of the company, and he'd had a really good year. In fact, he'd had such a year that his brother rewarded him with a brand-new $100,000 car. Finally, Christmas Eve had come, he was going to get a break, a vacation. He called the valet to, so that his car would be waiting for him at the door of the sky rise where the offices were. And as he got down to the car, he noticed that there was this little urchin boy that was making his way around the car, touching the car gently, ooing and eyeing. The valet said, I'm sorry, sir, but, but he just, he just wanted, he wanted to admire your car. Is that okay? And Paul said, well, I guess so. The little boy walked up to him and he said, Is this your car, mister? And he said, Yeah, that's my car. He said, Where did you get this car? He said, Well, as a matter of fact, my brother gave it to me. And the little boy said, I wish... And Paul knew what he was going to say. He he knew what he was going to say. He was going to say, I wish I had a brother like that. But that's not what the little boy said. In fact, it shook Paul to his very core when the boy said, I wish I was a brother like that. Hmm. That was not what Paul expected. And so he looked at the boy with different eyes now. And he said to him, If you've got a few minutes, would you like to see some lights? And little boy, just wide-eyed, said yes, and Paul opened the door for him, and he jumped inside, and they made their way from, from the building, and the lights began to shine and unfold before them, and then the little boy came out of his silence, and he said, mister, would you be willing to go another two blocks and turn down that street and drive by my house? And Paul knew why the little boy wanted to do that. He wanted to brag to his friends. He wanted to have his friends see him get out of a big car and walk up the driveway to his house so that he could, so that he could puff out his chest and brag to his friends. But that's not what happened. The little boy said to Paul, Would you just wait here for one second? And so he did. The car door stayed open, the engine was running. The boy ran up two steps and then up the sidewalk. It took a few minutes, but what Paul saw shook him again to his core. The boy was now carrying his crippled brother. He brought him down and he set him down on the steps and he said, See, here's the car I was telling you about. And the man that I was telling you about, his brother gave him this car. And one of these days, I'm gonna be a brother just like that to you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a car and I'm gonna take you around and I'm gonna show you the lights of Christmas just like we've talked about every night for the last few weeks. Now Paul was really shook. <laughs> and so he said to the two boys, he said, You know what? He said, Let's go around and look at some more lights. And so for the next, who knows, they drove around and they looked at the lights and they oohed and awed. And when they got back to the house, this time the brother didn't have a chance to carry his crippled brother. Paul insisted as he gathered the lad up into his arms walked him up the up the sidewalk and into the house and made him comfortable in the place where he would sit in the living room as paul got back into his car he made a promise that he would use every bit of his abilities every bit of what god had given to him in terms of family and wealth and opportunity To make a difference in the children like the little boy. What happened here? Did something happen to Paul? Was there a miracle that took place? I think so. And I believe that the child of Bethlehem wants to make and create that miracle in each one of us. He wants us to be able to say, I'm going to take everything I am, everything I have, everything I stand for, every ability that that I have been given, and focus it on those who are less fortunate than I. Less fortunate. That is the miracle of Christmas. Oh, we give away presents. And we celebrate with huge dinners. And we, uh, we enjoy our family and friends. But the real Christmas is made when we give ourselves to another as Jesus has given himself to us. That is why we light the candles. That is why we lift our voices That is why we sing Silent Night and Joy to the World because one has come one has come 2,000 years ago and with a cry the world would never be the same again. Lord God make us new make us whole For all these children that sit around us, may we make a difference in their lives. For all of those that we may encounter in the year to come, give us eyes to see and ears to hear the ways that we can make a difference. Let not your difference be made on the battlefields or in the uh, city hall. May your way be made known. In us, that we may make a difference for you and for all the world. Help us, O God, in your wave of hope to bring peace on earth, goodwill to all. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website mysumc.org have a blessed day